What's that? Polka? No. The metal. In my studies this week, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a lot of really sad reminders that the world is a horrible place, mm. but sometimes something good can come out of the horribleness if it's focused correctly. Like the Foo Fighters. What? Oh, with Kurt. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong. He seems like one of the nicest uh, men alive, Dave Grohl does. Yeah. And I hope it's real. I hope it's not a trap. And we don't find out that he diddles or something. I've never heard anybody say anything negative about Dave Grohl other than Courtney Love, which I would say is a pot like that's a <laughs> yeah a point for Dave. Yes, yes. This is of course the Dave Grohl podcast. <laughs> uh, no, this is the onslaught. This is where we give you the definitive answer to who is the best heavy metal band ever made. I'm Brian, and I am Vargas, and it's nice to be the only heavy metal podcast and the only one talking about Dave Grohl. Is he on your list? Right. I th- I have a list. Yeah. Not the list you're thinking of, but uh, not the enemies list. Yeah. It's a list of people where if I ever find out that they are bad, right? Oh, yeah. 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 The, the diddle, the diddle list, <laughs> the diddle list. I didn't name it that because I don't want it's confusing for the NSA if they're watching. Yeah. yeah. It's not people you want to diddle. Yeah. But uh, Tom Hanks is on it. Yeah. Dave Grohl's on it. Yeah. And Keanu Reeves is on it. Yeah, he seems like a genuinely good dude. And he went through a really shitty thing with his wife or girlfriend at the yeah. time. So yep. and he came out the other side. So I just, you know, I expect celebrities to be bad, honestly. Right, right. But those three, they're on my list of if I ever find out they're bad. Yeah, I'm going to burn Hollywood to the ground. I'll um, I'll add John Hamm. Seems okay. like legit good dude. Okay. Paul Rudd. Both both uh, Chiefs fans, so I'm in it so far. I mean, they seem like genuinely nice. They people. do, but I just, you know, I so I don't want to make the list too big because then I'm no, bound get, to be disappointed. I get at some it. Point. I get it. Um, I I also Ted Nugent's on that list. I'm just kidding. I don't. I didn't want to talk about Ted. You Nugent did today. you and you brought him up. <laughs> I know. I also think Ozzy Osbourne might be on that list, and I know this is a controversial ad. But I think his public persona is different from his private persona. I read one time that he said if he wasn't a musician, uh-huh. he would would have been a stand-up comedian. Yeah, I believe it. And, you know, it's hard to tell. I don't I haven't seen anything, you know, the the biting the head off the bat, that was an accident. Yep. Thought it was a rubber bat. Everybody that's a big story now. Everybody knows that. Uh I yeah, I think he's just sort of living in his own do, being being Ozzy, yeah, you know? he yeah. doesn't really hurt anybody. I don't think. Like I've never, I've never seen him like outwardly be a dick. Like you always, you hear about the, like the shopping cart test, right? It seems like Ozzy would pass the shopping cart test. What is that? Is that a test that you have to take with a shopping cart? Nope. Uh, yeah, you have to get your driver's license for the shopping cart oh. to pass. No, it's it's the test where like uh, of altruism in a person or whatever, where like does this person bring their shopping cart to the little shopping cart collection uh, or thing? Or they just leave it around. Or they just leave it around. Because obviously, either way, it doesn't really matter to you, the person, but it impacts yeah. the person collecting the shopping carts. It does. And I would say that I think Ozzy puts his shopping cart in the little bin collector thing. So if you put it in the bin collector, you, you're, you're good. You're you've fine. got a lot of altruism. Yeah. And, well. And then if you don't, you've got some truism. It's a, it's a oh boy. <laughs> Let me get there. Yeah, yep. Let me get there. 
Oh, but this isn't the this isn't the Hollywood uh, nice guy. The Who's a dick podcast? <laughs> Although that would be a long podcast coming and, soon. Yeah, <laughs> Brian and Vargas. Who's a dick podcast? Um, everybody. Uh, do we have heavy metal news? Uh, we've we've got a little bit. We'll blast through a little bit. Stop me if you want to talk about anything Pacific uh, or Atlantic. <laughs> God, we are on fire today. Um. Somebody who I don't think is on the list of nice people is Sebastian Bach, but he doesn't seem like a total dick. No. Uh, There's a headline here from Metal Injection um, that says that Sebastian Bach changes a Skid Row song lyric to avoid a homophobic line. I did see that, and I think he did it live. He does. Yep. Every time they perform it, it says. I thought he did it like this one time, and now it's thing i yeah, thought he yeah. like did it improv up on stage i don't know yeah like when they play the song live he changes the lyric to avoid a homophobic. no i know i thought the story was that he did it in the spur of the moment that one time and now he does it oh maybe. all the time but it sounds more rehearsed than it but that's good either way either way yeah. so i think that's that's good you know you can teach old dogs new tricks if the intention i guess is that he uh to just not not be what was the line does it have it in there uh it's from skid rose 1989 track sweet little sister her friend quote (laughs) that's important it's not for me (laughs) it's important her friend is doing time for kicking ass on a queer Mm. the change lyric is her friend is doing time for knocking over a beer which i would that's a much worse crime yep no it's not um (laughs) Don't, and, don't, it's not. And there's a tweet from a fan who said, Sebastian Bach, you guys rock. I noticed you changed the line to avoid using that hurtful word. Yeah. That's really great. And Sebastian Bach responded, uh, well, he said, words matter. The fan says, word matter. words matter. And Sebastian Bach said, yes, they do. It's very cool that someone noticed. I would say, so, uh, yeah, even if, even if it was helped one person, right? Yeah. That's a, and it, Actually, I would love for it to anger a bunch of Skid Row fans that are like 60 years old. Oh, you're changing classic lines. Well, was it a classic line or are yeah. you... What's the name of that song? Are you an old shithead? <laughs> I mentioned that song five minutes ago and I don't <laughs> yeah, know the name I don't of it anymore. Know. Yeah, because it doesn't matter. So good on you, Sebastian Bach. Yeah. Put, I'll put him on the... Uh, I'm not going to put him on the list, but I'll put no, a check no, no. mark. He's, I'll put a star next to his name on my other list. A tally. You put a tally. Yeah. Uh, Napalm Death dropped a new song. Yep. Of course, it sounds like Napalm Death. No. Uh, yeah, it does. Um, they have a forthcoming, quote, mini album. So I'm sure it's 21 songs clocking in at six and a half minutes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's called Narcissus. I have not listened to it yet, but it is out there. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Uh, Faith No More canceled all their 2022 dates. Now, I want to talk about this mm-hmm. a little bit because, and this can be our last thing before we get into into the meat. Yeah into the sandwich but uh so we talked uh last episode i think or a couple episodes ago about the every time i die situation which is similar um keith buckley the singer pulled out of their remaining dates there were like three dates left Mm -hmm. Um, and they have a festival every year called tid the season and it's a really big festival in buffalo um ice tea uh played body count yeah no ice tea oh just straight up ice tea yeah legit yeah uh it's it's a big festival so he pulled out of their dates so he could be ready for this citing mental health things stuff happens uh things came out as to what was going on mm-hmm. 
we're not a gossip podcast, so we're not going to get into that. But um, they ended up having to cancel the last of the three dates anyway because one of the people on the tour tested positive for COVID. Right. Or one of the other bands. So they were just like, Keith's out, this band's out, like, let's just scrap it, refunds, you know, yeah. available, all that stuff. Um, so Faith No More, I read this this morning before you came over, is canceling all our 2022 dates because their singer, um, Mike, cannot, Patton. Mike Patton, cannot push through with his mental health on this tour. Um, and then the band released a statement. They're like, we're just canceling everything because to try and do this tour, basically Mike means more to us as a brother than he does as a singer for this band. Right. Yep. Um, and it's interesting because to me, it's uh, obviously, I think that's a really good answer, but whichever way you do it, right. Um, every time I die was planning on going through with their last three dates with no singer. They weren't going to replace Keith. They were just going to like, do it, you know, basically do it for the fans, right? Um, and this is kind of the opposite thing of like, it's not about the fans as much as it is about our family member, right? Well, they, so they also said that, sorry, Faith No More said, um, yes, we're basically canceling this for Mike, um, but we're also canceling it for the fans because we don't want to perform at anything less than 100%. Which and, I totally get. Right. And if Mike's not at 100%, the band's not going to be at 100%. So we don't want you to hear something that, potentially sounds worse than what you're getting yeah um and the, the other side of that coin is keith always says it's not his mic it's the crowd's mic sure and that was going to be their whole thing they were just going to have the crowd basically get they were going to tweet out the set list for the the night mm-hmm. so people could familiarize themselves with the lyrics and stuff and they were just gonna have the crowd sing which is a cool idea especially they only had three dates left right yeah. they were in they, they weren't doing a world tour like faith no more was planning in 2022 yeah um, it's just interesting how people handle things when it comes to that. Yep. I don't know. I'm not in a band, so I don't know how I would handle it. If you were not a hundred percent for this podcast, I would say, Hey, we're, let's not do it this week. Let's do it next week when you're a hundred percent. Thanks buddy. You are a hundred percent though, right? I'm 120%. I'm running at about an 80. So that's good that you're making, up I'm making the, up the, the 20%. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So let's get into the meat. So this week. Big matchup in my book. Oh, uh, yeah. Big matchup, period. We've got a, a very well-known band, Ghost. Who? <laughs> Although they were known as Ghost BC for a while. Oh, I'm sure yes, you Ghost will get into BC. that. Yes. Uh, versus uh, uh, Zeal and Ardor, which drummed up some interest on our socials, and people are, were kind of excited. We alluded to the fact that they had a very interesting origin story. Yeah, I'm excited to get into um, it. And I learned even more about that during my research, which I'm excited to share Hell with you. Yeah. You want to so, go first? You want me to go first? No, I got it. I got it. We're, okay. We'll go reverse alphabetical order here. So, <laughs> Oh, Brian goes before Vargas? Well, I was going to say zeal and ardor goes before ghost. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Either one works. Nope, because if it was reverse alphabetical order, Vargas would go first. Well, it's because my name is Andy. I thought you said you were at 120%. I am. Just the wrong way. Well, 120% of zero is still zero. <laughs> Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Uh, so Zeal and Ardor, like many of the bands we cover on this podcast, Zeal and Ardor is the brainchild of a very talented individual. In this case, that individual is Swiss-American Manuel. Okay, and there's an X in this name, mm. so I'm going to do my best, and I wrote it a lot. So if I pronounce, mispronounce it this one time, it's going to be mispronounced a lot. Just stay consistent. I will. So Manuel, <laughs> if I get it wrong, please write in and tell me. Please come on the show and correct us. <laughs> yeah, yes. Uh, Swiss American Manuel Gano. I like it. I'll, I'll allow it. Unlike many of the 
But unlike many of the other bands we cover, this band was formed as sort of a fuck you to direct racism aimed at Gano. Born to musical parents in 1989, Gano was indoctrinated at an early age into music. Growing up, he would listen to death metal as well as many other types of music brought into the household by his parents. And as a teenager, he was also in a black metal band named Hallelujah. Nice. In 2012. Wait, sorry. Hallelujah? Nope. Hallelujah. Oh. Okay. Shotgun Hallelujah for my (laughs) black metal band. Yeah. Dibs. Dibs, 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 dibs. Uh, in 2012, Gano moved to New York and formed a solo indie project called Bird Mask, which is highly enjoyable and still active to this day. Uh, I recommend it. I listened to it whenever I found out about it. It's a lot of fun. Um, in the infancy of the band, he would post the songs he would write to 4chan because they, quote, are brutally honest and don't give a shit about you. Yeah. I would say he's correct. I mean, mistake number one, you're posting on 4chan, but. but well, that's spe- specifically why. Right. Um, his interaction with 4chan is also the reason Zeal and Ardor was formed. In 2013, as a way to kill time creatively, Gano asked 4chan members to submit two genres of music, and he would create a song mashing up the two in 30 minutes or less. He got two responses from two different users that he decided on. The first was black metal. Nice. The, the second was, quote, Don't say it. Inward music. Okay, good. I wasn't going to say I even bleeped it in my writing good because no one should ever well let's just call it african-american spirituals from now on instead of the super racist shit just don't say anything just be people you know (laughs) yeah we're not here to anyway it was here that gano decided to apply the fuck you as he said in many interviews if he were to if he were to have gotten upset and had his feelings hurt he would have been playing into the racist's hands instead he decided to do it and make it good the song A Spiritual was released in 2013, and a full demo titled Zeal and Ardor was released the following year. In 2016, Devil is Fine was released via Bandcamp and was completely completed entirely by Gano. He did all the mixing, played all the instruments, mm-hmm. everything. Uh, the release would pick up steam all throughout 2016, including being on Rolling Stones' best metal records of 2016 so far that was uh, released in June. By November, Zeal and Ardor was signed to MVKA, a, UK record, a UK-based record label, and a video for the single Devil is Fine was released. The label re-released the song in 2017, and it charted at 17 on the Swiss Hit Parade charts. Nice. With the aforementioned sonic elements at play, Gano had an interesting concept for the lyrical themes of the album. He posited, what if slaves had embraced Satan instead of Christianity? He, which I think, yeah. Uh, he told Revolver, Revolver, quote, it struck me as odd that American slaves adopted the beliefs of their oppressors and masters in their very personal music. And I would have to agree, although the interview was the first I'd ever really thought about it, um, that the, the whole idea of that, um, the cover of the album features por- a portrait of Robert Smalls. Now this motherfucker, are you familiar with Robert Smalls? Uh, no. Okay. He was born into slavery, commandeered a Confederate ship, which he then captained around a Confederate blockade into a union blockade, uh, where his actions would lead Lincoln to accepting black men into the union army. And then he served in the house of representatives baller. That's insane. Straight baller. Where's that movie? Yeah, no shit. Somebody call Idris Elba. (laughs) 
he, he would probably play very well. Two years later, in 2018, Stranger Fruit was released as a full band. Uh, this album would see commercial success, including being on multiple best of lists by publications such as Revolver, Decibel, Loudwire, the AV Club, and even Yahoo Entertainment. Stranger Fruit is an ode to Billie Holiday, who took the poem about a lynching, set it to music, and eventual and the eventual launch of her career because of it. The lyrical themes are expanded on in this album uh, with the slaves embracing mm-hmm. Satanism, as well as the music of the album as. As mentioned before, it was the first album where he had a full band contributing. Uh, last year in 2020, while recording a new album, America was going through a racist, a racial upheaval with multiple murders of black men by the police. While this is not a new trend, the coverage it received as a result of the global pandemic was new. It was during this time Zealand Arter released Wake of a Nation, a charged EP that had shit to say. Using clips from real people during protests, the EP is a strong message and delivery. Gano dedicated the release to, quote, Michael Brown, Eric Garner, George Floyd, and the countless untold and nameless killed. So far in 2021, the band has released five tracks off their upcoming self-titled album due out early next year. Zeal Arter has been doing it differently since the, since the beginning, and they keep releasing high quality music that is nothing at, that is like nothing out there today, which I think is a feat in and of itself. Um, couple fun facts. Yeah. They early, uh, like um, around the Stranger Fruit time, he offered free merch to people who would brand Zealand Ardor on their bodies. Yikes. I mean, cool. Well, yikes. He basically did it as like w- the whole idea of it was. You're doing something that changes your life without even thinking about it. Yeah. Just because someone's telling you to. Uh-huh. So like the whole idea is like nobody should do this. Right. Eight people did it. Of course. And then finally he stopped doing it because he like came out and said like none of you should have done like been doing this. And you, he was also you there. Dummies. Yeah. You, yeah. you big dumbs. He was also there for all eight. He wasn't the brander. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But he was he there was in the room. Yeah. Uh, he mentioned one time this like big. He called him a big ginger guy was like didn't move didn't like nothing happened like yeah he was like it started out i thought he was supposed to be scared of us because we had yeah. the brand and then we were all scared of him because he like didn't move and we're yeah. like hey how was he's he like it was fine <laughs> yeah here's your shirt you can leave now <laughs> yeah please get out please get out uh and then i think it was in 2018 uh or, or early 2019 um pearl jam was doing a world tour and Devil is Fine was a song that they would play in their like pre, you know, uh-huh. how bands play songs before they come out. Yeah, hype music or yeah, whatever. Yeah, they would play that. That's uh, cool. And Gano found out in an interview, that they told him that he was like, what? Pearl Jam? <laughs> yeah. He's like, that shit is dope. And then he made a little joke. He's like, do I get money from that? Or how's that work? <laughs> but yeah, so a lot of people, Tom Morello tweeted about them back yeah. in the day. Um, a lot of people, they, they've been turning heads for a long time for um, sure. in the music industry. And I, I, really i really really think more people need to listen to them and again we i say this a lot this is one of those matchups where it's going up against ghost yeah a lot of people really love ghosts Go- oh, spirits they're spooky uh, yeah you know you people know, love halloween halloween yeah it's great uh, a lot of people love ghosts i'm one of those people but i think if you actually sit down or what i would hope is that you actually sit down listen to the playlist do some of your own listening and really like 
evaluate do i actually like ghost more or am i just saying that because ghost is the bigger band well this this matchup is definitely like avengers endgame versus taxi driver or something <laughs> like one is is a, it well it's one is a very artistic personal piece of art yeah. and the other one is a, a, easier to digest yeah. let's say that it's a, still a good satirical satan band yeah yeah right right it is fun how they both have uh themes of satanism running throughout it is um okay so yeah ghost right um if you're listening to this podcast you've heard of ghost so i'm not gonna like talk about how great they are you know what they sound like we know what they sound like whatever you know them they're easily the most successful band on this bracket but i'll still argue doesn't mean they don't deserve to be on the bracket I'm not, nobody's arguing with you. Good. You're at we both pick them. You're at 120. I'm only at 80. I can't, <laughs> I can't get you. Uh, ghost was founded in 2006 by Tobias forge when he wrote stand by him. Are you familiar with stand by him? It's from Opus. Yeah. Yeah. That it's the movie where the kid gets stung. No, by. That's stand by me. I am stand by. <laughs> um, boy, <laughs> two years later in 2008 forge recorded it and two other songs for an EP with his former bandmate from a band called repugnant Gustav Lindstrom. It looks like you wanted me to respond there. Uh, I can with do a goose anything. joke. Uh, duck, duck, Stav Lindstrom. Yep. Nice. Sure. <laughs> uh, Forge decided that the song absolutely didn't sound like it was recorded by two gangly Swedes. Uh, so the idea uh, was born to create a, as he called it, a theater band that, would perform under the guise of anonymity. So hence the masks and has, the character. Yeah. So the band around the front man would dress in identical, uh, like black robes, um, and identical masks and be credited as nameless ghouls. While the front man of the band would take on the persona of Papa Emeritus and wear papal regalia and stylized corpse paint. Um, this is my first ghost fun fact. Um, Contrary, I think, to what a lot of people see Tobias as now, he initially was uninterested in playing Papa completely. He didn't want to be the singer. He didn't want to be the front man. And he offered the job of front man to at least four other singers. Jeez. All of them turned it down. Interesting. So he was like, I guess I'll do it. Huh. Right? Did you find out who the singers were? Yeah, I didn't recognize any of them, okay. though. Okay. They're all kind of swedish because his background in music is like he's got some heavy metal stuff but it's mostly his success came from pop music yeah which is obviously where ghost sound comes from you know poppy and heavy metal um i just thought that was really interesting because he's obviously he is ghost ghost is yeah. his, his project yeah and he originally was like no nah, i just want to play guitar um so they released that ep uh called elizabeth on myspace of all places I like I like how both of these uh, bands started out on like Bandcamp or MySpace. Yeah, yeah. Um, and within two weeks, Ghost was contacted by labels to get to work on a full length. Hell yeah! So from zero to a full length album in two weeks, pretty insane. Uh, so that album would end up being uh, Opus Eponymous, which would release in 2010. So they went in four years. He went from handwritten lyrics on a page to a four song EP to a labeled deal. Honestly, pretty parallel to what was going on over here. Yeah. And the opposite of like the last 
three shows we've had where it's like, yeah, yeah we were banned for like a decade and right. then we finally broke through. Um, but I guess that shows you how quick the music world works in the age of the internet, right? Yep. Yep. Um, so Opus Eponymous uh, garnered critical and commercial success, obviously, um, earning Ghost a Swedish Grammy nomination and peaking at number 50 on the Swedish whatever album charts. Swedish billboards. Yeah, whatever it is. Uh, and it would stay on there for five weeks, wow. which I thought was pretty impressive. Um, another interesting tidbit <laughs> is that after all this, only after all that success would Ghost play their first show. Because again, the song the the band was started by one song, handwritten lyrics, two other songs for an EP, two guys in a studio. Um, so Opus was released October eighteenth of twenty ten, and Ghost played their f- their first live show on October twenty third at the Hammer of Doom Festival in Germany. Wow, isn't that crazy? That is. Uh, He's played live though, other with other bands. Yeah, right? he yeah. he is no stranger to the stage, yeah. but. Again, for a band as big as Ghost to have basically their sound laid out before they even played a live gig yeah. is totally backwards to me. Um, so two years later and a few U.S. tours, uh, Ghost re-enter the studio to work on their follow-up, uh, Infantissimum. Infantissimum? You got it. There's a lot of, letter, a lot of letters, lot of letters in that one. Um, the album was recorded in October of 2012 after Ghost left uh, their first label, Rise Above Records, in favor of working with a major label, Lorna Vista, which is an imprint of Universal Media Group. Um, I'm sure other bands on this list are on major labels, but I'm not sure if any released their second full-length album on a major label. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so it was at this time after infantesimum, uh, ghost encountered their first real legal trouble. Um, as we kind of alluded to at the beginning of the show in 2013, the band was forced to change its name only in the U S to ghost BC because there was some other band that said, Oh, we were ghost back in 1989 or whatever. So we own the rights to the whatever. Yeah. Um, they just wanted money. Yeah. Um, by 2015. So roughly two years, the name change would be undone. The legal battle was over. Yeah. Um, so technically, uh, infinitesimum was released as ghost BC in America, in America. Yeah. But if you Google ghost BC ghost comes up anywhere. Um, after infantesimum, uh, <laughs> the way that you slur the last bit cracks me up every time. Well, read the word. I know and I get it. Like, it's just you do it. Your, your delivery is killing me, <laughs> and I love it in a uh, good way, killing me softly with your words. After album number two, Ghost would go on a bunch of headlining tours, and the album would end up peaking at number twenty-eight on the U.S. Billboard charts. Yeah, that's good for a second album. Yeah, it's wild to me. Uh, they're just they've been a rocket ship for their whole career. Um, so after that, obviously they were touring, they were doing backup shows. They did headline shows, um, bunch of festival stuff. Meloria was the band's third album came out in 2015 and earned ghost, a Grammy win for best metal performance for Cerise and charted at number eight on the billboard 200. Hell yeah. Uh, around this time, unfortunately the veil of anonymity that, surrounded the band was lifted uh when some former nameless ghouls sued forge for residuals from previous albums 
basically what they were claiming was, hey, we performed on this record. We performed with the band. We're, we were in the band, right? And Tobias came out and he was like, no, Ghost is essentially a solo project. It's a project that I own. I paid these guys salary to perform the music as I intended it. Mm. Um, I'm not quite sure where I fall on this. It's almost like the big Marvel artist thing where you've got, you know, somebody creates something for someone and whatever. Um, I think I'm going to side with Tobias on this though, because from the get go, he's been the creative force behind this record. Um, I, I know on Meloria, there's been a lot more input from the nameless ghouls, but I think at that point, anybody that is associated with this band should have known and had an understanding that you're not going to get credit on this album. Like you're going to contribute creatively and you'll get paid at the time and you'll get paid to do the stuff that you do. But like when you leave the band, that creative output belongs to Tobias. Yeah. So whatever you think about it kind of morally, I think it's pretty clear cut that, Tobias is in the right legally. Sure. Um, so the case was actually eventually dropped by the Swedish court. It was, the suit was in Sweden. Um, was the court, it also a Swedish band named Ghost, the other one? No, I think that was a U.S. Okay. based band. Um, the case was actually dropped by the court in 2018. <laughs> Fuck this. So We don't have time for this. Right, <laughs> basically. Um, which, again, to me makes it pretty clear that like ghost is a solo project. Yeah. Like it's, it's his thing. Um, also in 2018 though, ghost released prequel, which was nominated for both the Swedish and regular Grammys for hard rock album. <laughs> Cracked yourself up there. I did. I wrote it in there and I was like, this is a really good bit. Uh, but it didn't win either one. Do you know who it lost to in the U S? Yep. But I forgot cause okay. I didn't write it down. That's fine. I just a curious little little boy over yeah, here. Yeah, it was you know? like Foo Fighters or something. I mean, it was whatever an, something an that ex- maybe shouldn't have won medal. It was an ex- no, it was it was hard rock. Oh, okay, okay. It was an expected loss anyway. Um, so now it's 2018, and Ghost had a song featured in Halloween Kills, which was pretty interesting. Hunter's Moon. Yeah, yeah. A friend of the show, Brendan, our co-host on Debates on Tap, was not a fan of it, and then you turned out to not be a fan of it. Yeah, I'm not huge on the song but we'll see how the album goes because obviously they're working on a new album uh they've been working on uh, from everything i've read from tobias uh, and interviews i've watched nameless schools have said that 2022 is going to be a pretty big year for ghost uh, they got a lot of big projects quote-unquote brewing mm. including a new album and whatever probably um, some more of that weird story that they're trying to tell virtually i'm i'm kind of hoping that they evolve it into like a ghost movie or a like, a like a little short film would be fun a short film or like a big live dvd that has a story ah, you yeah, know like yeah. the show is a story but that's conjecture on my part. Um, they also did a killer cover of Enter Sandman for the Metallica Blacklist. They did. That everybody should listen to. Um, so like Brian and I said, there is an entire lore that this band has built 
uh, surrounding not only the band, but Poppy, uh, Papa Emeritus as a character. And Is he on the fourth one now? Uh, Is it a new one with every record? It has been a new one with every record. However, Cardinal Copia, sure. who was the singer for... for um, prequel yep. he is technically it's the same guy in care same char- character cardinal copia but on their last gig of the tour named death tour um the P- papa nihil their saxophone player the the papa zero oh yeah he died on stage and cardinal copia got elevated to Papa Emeritus the fourth. Okay. Sure. So Cardinal yeah. Copia is this, and this is the stuff that I'm talking about. There's a whole lore yeah. that the band has built surrounding these characters and, you know, and they're fi- there's a fictional world. There's an underground satanic church that the band serves to like further Satan's goals in the world. It's like real life metalocalypse. Yeah. Like they're telling, like these are characters and they're telling us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I would highly recommend anybody with an interest in this band. It's all very tongue in cheek. Doesn't take itself too oh, seriously yeah. at all. Oh yeah. Um, but they're the, they're called the prequel chapters. There's like eight or nine of them on YouTube. Check them out. Um, the, the, it's also worth watching, um, a lot of their live shows that they post on YouTube because there's like story stuff that happens. They always introduce new papas live. Yeah. So they'll have, you know, somebody die on stage or some dude gets dragged off and then another, another guy comes out and yeah. it's, you know, their, their new singer for their new album. It's fun. It is very fun. Um, it's very kiss. Yeah, right? I mean it's a it's a show. It's not just people playing music. Yeah. It's a yeah, yeah. It's a full show. It's a full yeah, it's an experience. Production. Yes. Um so that's Ghost. They they've been around for under 20 years. Yeah. And fucking skyrocket, man. They yep. they you go from 0 to opening for Iron Maiden in 15 years and you've done something right. I, yeah, man. I, this, I mean, again, same thing, sort of parallel with Zeal and Arter. That yeah. you know, he started in his room in a studio apartment or whatever on a computer, uh, responding to racists, and they just finished up a tour with Mastodon and Opeth. Yeah, that's so, insane. It's wild, wild to see the internet age bringing metal to the masses in a good way. Yeah. Oh man. Well, check out our playlist uh, that was out yesterday. So hopefully you got a chance to check it out. If you haven't. Uh, if you're if you're new here, welcome first of all, and second, we do a playlist every Tuesday because we need you to vote. We gotta have you vote. You have to vote. You gotta vote. You can vote on all of our socials. We are at the Onslaught Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And if you don't have those and you still want to vote, you can write in a vote and you can email us at the Onslaught Podcast at gmail.com. Just to clarify, you can't write in a vote. You can't. <laughs> yeah. You cannot vote for you can't vote for metallica. metallica on the ghost versus zeal and Arter vote yeah don't be a dick because don't vote for kanye because metallica sucks yeah and kanye and, sucks and your favorite band sucks they all suck